you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. We were talking about just surrendering yesterday, unloading the knuckleheads. We were looking at what Christ went through, how he surrendered. He worried about the people around him. He worried about collateral damage. He worried about just folks. You know, there's a lot of love there, Kevin. I mean, here's Christ, our Lord and Savior, and he's worried about collateral damage. He's worried about his actions. He's worried about his statements. He's worried about surrendering. Hey, if I don't mm. surrender, they can kill these people around me, my followers, my disciples. And uh, boy, there's a lesson in there, isn't there? There is. There's a distinction between the Christian and the lost um, man of, 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 I would call him rugged horse sense. You know, that's your conservative redneck or whatever. There's some guys that are like, I don't care what people think. I'm going to do it this way. And then there's the Christian that says, you know what? I don't care what people think. We do the will of God, but I care about the damage from my flesh on other people, and that's that's really the change that came into my life after I got saved. Is I am concerned if I choose a certain path, what damage it will cause on someone else because I don't have the luxury to do my own will at the expense of somebody else. Because um, Bible says, says, let each please. Uh, his neighbor for good unto edification. So, hello, we've got to take their pleasure into account. But really, it's God's pleasure, and uh, we're trying yeah. to spread that around. And just that acceptance of God's will. You know that really tough verse over there in Luke twenty two forty two, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I had a friend of mine who was a missionary for me. His name was Richard Marino. Richard Marino uh, got pancreatic cancer, started having stomach problems. To make a long story short, his wife carted him to a few hospitals. They, you know, the VA uh, rule number one, you got a stomach ache, here's some Motrin, here's some Maalox, you're going to be all better. Rule number two, maybe this guy has a real problem. Uh, rule number three, he gets a phone call. Hey, we got your test back. You got a tumor the size of a gut ball in your pancreas. You got three months to live. And I remember I was with Richard when he got the phone call. We were in uh, the church. And I remember he came in and he held my hand and he prayed. And his words were, not my will, not mm. mine, Lord, yours. And mm. uh, your will, whatever you have for me, just make me productive in these last That's days. Good. And Kevin, he called my mother, who was terminally ill, every single day from his bed to pray with her and say, I'm going to beat you to heaven. And I'm going to be there waiting for you, Janine. I love you. And it wasn't only my mom. One testimony after another and people in church saying, yeah, he called me, he called my family, he loved me. Boy, that's the will. I want to be in that place with my will. I want to accept God's will as my will. And I want to move out. Yeah. Boy, you know what? If you got to go through something hard, it makes a difference when you accept it as God's will. But... There's a part of us also that God gives us wisdom about. This is what I'm thinking about as we're as we're dealing with this subject, um, that we don't want to suffer for our own stupidity. 
And we don't want to suffer for other stupidity. <laughs> and the, Rule number one, don't be stupid. <laughs> Rule number two, don't hang around with stupid people. There, that, is, uh, that is very profound advice, my friend. Yeah, because I know a lot of people that do that, and they want to post it all over Facebook, every little suffering they have, and, and you're thinking, okay, that was you being stupid. Okay, that was your hanging out with people that are stupid. <laughs> Stop blaming on the will of God. But uh, that's why the psalmist prayed, and um, he said in Psalms 27, 12, deliver me not unto the will of mine enemies, for take for, uh, for false witnesses arisen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. So surrendering to the will of God is to be distinguished from surrendering to the will of man. And uh Paul put it very well. He said, to whom we gave not subjection, know for an hour that the truth of Christ, uh, the truth of the gospel might continue with you. That's in Galatians somewhere there, but I think chapter two. But the idea is that I want to distinguish the will of God from the will of man. And when I'm around knuckleheads, which is... That's become part of my vocabulary. I yeah, I'm glad, brother. Around you, <laughs> you needed it. I throw it out to people, and they they're like, "Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty clear." But you know, yeah, when you're around knuckleheads, um, that's where we say, "Wait a minute, depart from me, for I will do the will of my Father which is in heaven." And um, and and this is the promise from God. If we make that distinction, Psalm forty-one verse two says, "The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth." And that will not. This is to the saved man that loves God, and that will not deliver him under the will of his enemies. So just because someone is exerting their will on you, you don't just surrender to it. But sometimes you got to, in cooperating with reality, like we talked about yesterday, we say, "God." I need you. Don't give me to the will of my knuckle of the knuckleheads in my life. Keep me out, and that's in the Hebrew, I'm sure. Uh, but you know, um, yeah, surrendering to the uh, how did you, this is accepting the will of God yeah. to accept the will of God. Of course, is to is to say, Lord, not my will, but Thy will be done. Not their will, but Thy will be done. And I'm claiming this promise that when the dust settles, I'll be in your will and not their will. And Doug, you know, the reality is Satan, there's a target on your back. Once you start to look at things this way, Satan says, uh-uh, not God's will, my will. And he'll disguise it as your own will. And he will get you to seek after the flesh and then put knuckleheads in your life who will provide for that. But remember, the knuckleheads that say you can have it your way oftentimes are the ones that really want it their way. They're the narcissists. They're the ones that do not want God's will. They want to be God in your life. And if you allow someone to be God in the place of God, you will be mistreated oh, and, yeah. and the will of your adversaries will not be a cool thing. Can you say narcissist with a capital N? You know, everybody wants to be God out there today. It's crazy. And, uh, and I got to tell you something. I, I enjoyed what Kevin said there, too, is, uh, you know, there's there's a place in life you get to. We talked uh, with Pastor Miller a couple of weeks ago about that place of grace, just accepting God and and doing well. And, and there's a lot of things you do. I remember that old hymn, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. 
uh, you be the potter, I'll be the clay, you know, mm. mold me and make me. And, and, and I was thinking about that, but there's so much theology in that song. And there's so many songs there's not. Uh, but the theology is this. We are people who are stuck. Adam and Eve were stuck. The first people ever made, you can have from any tree out here, except that, that's my tree. And you can name any animal out here, just name them. Just let, let us know what the name is. I mean, you've got life just the way you want it. But again, the devil, there we go. The, the, the main, the capital K knucklehead of all knuckleheads uh, said, but yep. you know what? You really want to eat of that tree over there. You really want to do those things. So what Kevin's saying is absolutely true, is that realization that we follow God because following God is not only the right way to go, it's the only way to go. So in anything, give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ concerning you. So give thanks, delight yourself in the Lord, the Bible said, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. I remember we spent three classes in theology on, on Psalm 37, 4, on that verse. Delight thyself in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Well, the bottom line is when your heart's right with God, the desires of your heart are what God has for you. The desires of your heart are for God's kingdom here on earth. The desires of your heart is for God's people here on earth. The desires of your heart is for family. The desires of your heart is to stay away from the collateral damage. So accepting God's will, Kevin, it takes you to a different place. I mean, you're, you're different. It alters your own will. You're right. In fact, Jesus put it this way. He, he talked about how our will being linked with God's will is the, uh, the way to figure life out. He said, if any man will, that means be willing. If any man is willing to do his will, God's will, then he shall know of the doctrine whether it is mine or him that sent me. So he's talking about how to discern uh, the idea of who is Jesus in, in the context because people are trying to figure it out. But, you know, it's the same way in life. We we get to the point where we're like, Lord, please, uh, I'm willing to do your will. And when my will is in neutral, when I put the gear shift of my life in neutral, all of a sudden I am the, the, the car is so easy to steer and the Spirit of God kind of puts it in the right gear and and uh, then he guides your hand as you steer. Then he guides your hand as you work the gear lever. And uh, I think that's the will of God. It's not always easy to discern, but it does take a neutral position. Yeah, and, and a place we're going on later is is the mind of God. So once you get the will of God, you then get the mind of God. Mm. And you start looking at things in a godly way. And that's cool, brethren. That's a pretty great place to be when your mind is starting to operate with God. And uh, that's where we want to be this morning, right? We, we want to accept God's will. We want to be all in. Hey, folks, we'll be right back with you. Hang with us. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. And if you don't have God's will and God's mind in your heart, you'll do impulsive things. You'll, you'll do things that aren't godly. There'll be collateral damage. There'll be physical damage. There'll, there'll be so many things. You'll ruin relationships. And, and folks, we see that in Scripture. And, and today in John 18, 
uh, verses 10, 11, and 12, 10 through 12. And then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. I'll tell you, it's never a good day when you have your right ear cut off, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's not. You know, what are, what are my uh, ear pods going to hang off on? What, are, what am I going to put my head over? I mean, that's a bad day. It's like... Whoa, either that or you got to wear those cordless headphones every day for the rest of your life. And the Bible says that. That's how you know the guy's materialistic when he sees his ear on the ground and says, my AirPod, my AirPod, give me my AirPod. It's 99 bucks just for one replacement of an AirPod. So if he chopped that at the same time, and then the, the, don't ask me how I know that. The servant's name was Melchus. Then said Jesus in verse number 11 unto Peter, put up thy sword into the sheath, the cup which my father have given me, shall I not drink it? Then the band and the captain and the officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. And this story still goes on. Obviously, there's more verses dealing with this. But there's a couple things going on. And, and when we're not in God's will, we do impulsive, stupid stuff. Mm. And, uh, you know, Peter pulled out his sword and he took off a guy's ear. All right. Now, folks, I don't know if anyone out there ever took off someone's ear. I remember I, I was watching a prize fight one time. And it's the last time I ever did that. And, and old Mike Tyson, I think he he, he bit off George Holyfield. No, yeah, where's his name? It was Holyfield. Yeah. yeah Holyfield. Uh, I can't like, think of his first for, name. Yeah. But anyway, he bit <laughs> off Holyfield's ear in his mouth and spit it out. Okay. Blood's dripping down his lips a little. I mean, folks. This is, you know, first of all, when you, for a living, punch somebody in the head as hard as you can, <laughs> that's your job. That's what you do for a living. You got to rethink your priorities in life. And, uh, but again, you know, Peter said, well, I got this, you know, protective, instinctive thing. No, that's when you watch your Lord who surrendered and said, don't hurt any of these people. I don't want you to hurt that. And Jesus's response was instructing him to put away his sword. Hey, we're not, we're not going into, uh, uh, crazy mode now. And I'm amazed that Peter does this. And who do they arrest? Who do they bind up? Christ, uh, the nonviolent guy. You know, Christ was nonviolent. We just went through Martin Luther King's birthday, and, and there was a lot of bad things about Martin Luther King, and there were a lot of good things. But he, he tried some, at many times, he always tried to point to the light of God. He always tried to point and say, hey, we're nonviolent. We're doing this. So people want to compare a Malcolm X against him. People want to compare these other leaders against him. And everybody said, well, hang on. You know, Martin Luther King was nonviolent. Martin Luther King said, I stand with Christ. I don't know his exact relationship with Christ. I believe he was saved. I, I believe those types of things. But this is what I know. I know we leave the God zone, Kevin, when we pull a sword out. Yeah. Yeah. Once we take up uh, the arm of the flesh to defeat the arm of the flesh, it's just it's a non-winnable war. And you may win a temporary reprieve, but you're not going to win the war. Or, and, and because it's a spiritual battle now, obviously in an earthly level, you, you're you're a soldier. You're out there in the battlefield. That's what you got. But you and I both know the best soldiers in history: the Robert E. Lee's, the Stonewall Jackson, all these. You know, um, uh, even MacArthur to some. Uh, you know, these guys said, "Hey, I'm out here boldly because the bullet with my name on it's not been." made yet you know i think it was macarthur said that i might be wrong but they they had a sense that there was a greater purpose as as we talked about earlier and that's i think the thing that that keeps us from picking up the arm of the flesh i remember doug i got a friend 
He's a, a great brother. He's an evangelist. He's pastored and so forth. I think it when his, when he was pastoring, um, there was just some issues going on in his family, extended family, and I don't. I think that son-in-law said we're going to keep our kids, which which would be the gr- the grandkids of the evangelist, away from the evangelist, and we're never going to let him into our house. And I don't know all the details, but it was nothing. There was no impropriety. It was just him being a Christian. And the evangelist was so eaten up. The pastor was so eaten up with this thing for a period of time that at one point he he donned his his uh, sword. He got his uh, his weapon and he mounted. He said, "I'm going to go settle this thing. I'm going to turn my daughter free by taking out this guy." And um, <clears throat> and so he was just driving. The guy was a narcissist, and uh, eventually the, the daughter escaped him, from what I understand. But long story short, he's gone down the road, and uh, his wife's back at home freaking out. But a friend of his just happened to call and said, Hey, Brother Doug, man, you're on my heart. I've been praying for you. And he was taking up spiritual life this this friend i don't think the friend knew anything about what was going down he said i'm just you're in my heart brother how are you doing how you doing what's going on in your life and the guy driving down the road my friend with the weapon ready to take out his son-in-law just he couldn't answer because he had he wanted to i mean he wanted to keep a relationship with god and he felt for a time like he had to seal that relationship with the arm of the flesh by by helping God out, and uh, he shares this in a message on bitterness. He shares this story, so it's it's kind of public. But I just don't feel liberty to share his name at this point. I think you did. Well, you shared his first name, but nobody will be able to put that together. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, guess what? Guess what? He just started to weep and cry, and God led him down the path of repentance, just yeah. like Peter. And he became gloriously, uh, as it were, converted in this issue of forgiveness and bitterness. And you know what? Sometimes we become a, uh, you know, a Simon Peter, and we answer swords, spears, and torches with swords, spears, and torches. And uh, God's like, no, 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 no. I've got a bigger purpose. I'm dealing with you. I'm dealing with them. I'm dealing with with the big picture. Let let me have my way. Yeah, there's a lot in there. There's a, there's a lot to eat right there, and and but it, it's so important that we understand in the flesh uh, that there's nothing godly happening within us. We we believe yeah, there yeah. is, and and man, when it comes down to family members, you you're willing to fight. I mean, you're willing to roll up your sleeves, and you have to stop and say, God, I'm still constrained. The love of Christ constraineth me, and thankfully, God sent a phone call at the fit time at the right time to help this dear brother, but I'm sure there's a lot of brothers uh, and sisters that have been there saying, man, I'll just take this person out, you know, and life will be a better place. Well, that's never God's will for us. And uh, uh, it's always God's will to talk to people. It's always God's will to pull somebody out of that craziness. It's always God's will to do things that are nonviolent in nature. Now, I want to go backwards for a minute. You know, he cut off that guy's ear. Now, if he would have cut off another guy's other ear, then they could have shared earbuds, brother. <laughs> uh, years ago, I read this story. I, I hate to go back to this, but I had to. It's the craziness within my mind that does this. It's a, it's a wiring issue for me. But anyway, mm. I was reading this story that these two men met 
during uh, World War One, and they one of them lost the left leg, and the other one lost a right leg during World War One, and, and they were from Texas, and they were coming back on the boat, and the guy with the right leg looked over at him. He was actually a preacher, and said, "What size shoe do you wear?" And the guy said, "I wear a size ten. He said, "Me too." And they would go. This is a, you can actually look this story up for the rest of their life. They would meet once a year at a shoe store. <laughs> In San Antonio, <laughs> Texas, and they'd both buy a pair of shoes and give the other one their shoe. And, uh, you know, folks, <laughs> I don't know what that Wisdom. has to do with accepting God's will, except they did accept God's will, and, and the other man became saved, and it's a great story, and they shared shoes, and it got to the point where the newspaper would show up with these World War One guys, the, the shoe store wouldn't charge up their shoes. and uh, But it's accepting God's will will. I could have walked around and bought, you know, uh, a pair of shoes when I only needed one, but no, I got a brother here. He led him to Christ. Folks, we're nonviolent. We're trusting God. We're doing the godly things. We love you guys. We hope you have a great day. Come on back tomorrow. Uh, we're digging right in as we continue to move forward. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.